You guys, Andrew founded the Ice Doctor five and a half years ago, being urged by his wife and bar manager friends across North Florida. At that time, he finished up his PhD in US history, was teaching at Santa Fe, and was moonlighting as a bartender downtown. Tired of serving drinks that would water down too quickly, he experimented with ways to freeze larger blocks of dense, clear ice that could be cut down and used in cocktails. After some R&D, he launched the company that now delivers ice to more than 90 cocktail bars, restaurants, and resorts in Orlando, Tampa, St. Pete, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and of course, right here in Gainesville, Florida. Get ready to hear about this very unique business in episode 151 of the WHOA GNV podcast. You are listening to WHOA podcast. Coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. We're going to go in three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin, and today is my birthday, you guys, and we have got a great show lined up for my birthday, and uh, I'm super excited about it. And of course, you guys, find me on Instagram at Colin Austin, email me at Colin at WHOAGNV.com. You can always wish me a happy birthday, but uh, you know... I'm ready to get into today's show. I don't want to give too much like props. Like email me, email me. Wish me happy birthday. No, but today's my birthday. I am 39 next year, Jason. The big four zero. Can you believe it? Uh, you guys, before we get into today's episode, I want to thank our incredible sponsors that make all of this happen. I need you guys to support these people. They are the ones that are making it all come alive. And the first sponsor I want to give some love to is Gainesville Harley Davidson. I can't even say that right. Gainesville Harley Davidson, my friends over there. You know, I always tell people, I'm like, you're looking to upgrade from your scooter, upgrade from a scooter to a Harley, baby. That's the way to do it. My boy Kevin and the team over at Gainesville Harley will take care of you. You guys, the open road is calling and Gainesville Harley Davidson is answering. Their experienced and knowledgeable team can help you find your your piece of two or three wheeled freedom. Take a free test ride and get all of your questions answered. Visit their showroom today just off Northwest 39th Avenue and I-75 right here in Gainesville. You can also check out all of their inventory at GainesvilleHarley.com. And if you have questions, don't hesitate to give them a call at 352-331-6363. At Gainesville Harley, you're not just any rider, you're family. Love you, Gainesville Harley. Thanks so much for your support. And of course, I've got to give so much love to my man, Kyle Cohan over at Leonardo's Millhopper. You guys, Leonardo's Pizza offers the same classic food, family-friendly atmosphere, local beers on draft and in cans, and they even have an upgraded wine selection. They are still implementing safety precautions, of course, with masks for guests that are not at a table, masks for all team members, and limited seating. Uh, And these guys even purchased some UV sanitizing lights to make sure that the restaurant is viral. Free. I love their heart and their heart for Gainesville. Order takeout or delivery at leonardosmillhopper.com or by giving them a call at 352-376-2001. I think they do the, the, the delivery aspect through 352 delivery. So make sure you check them out there. And uh, Kyle, I'm just so grateful for your support, man. Thanks so much for everything you do for us and for Gainesville. And uh, man, I am excited to get into today's show. Today on the show, we have Andrew Amron, 
owner of the Ice Doctor, Gainesville's own cocktail ice company. Andrew, thank you for coming on my birthday. You're welcome, man. Got a present for you. (laughs) I was like, man, you brought the good stuff for my birthday. Yes, sir. And I'm excited to get into today's show and hear all about this business. It's like, I I just know that I'm going to be fascinated by it, but uh, I think you should pour us a glass first. (laughs) Let's do it. So what did you bring? What did you bring for us today? So I'm I brought you uh, a bottle of uh, the Old Pepper Distillery's, um, it's a single barrel rye, and this is a special bottle. It's not for sale yet to the public. Okay. So we got we got a little something extra for you. So you just got the connections or what? I got How the do connections. You, yeah. So this is actually a store pick uh, from Jigs Liquors, and um, what they do is uh, some, a rep from the distillery will actually come down with samples from individual bottle or individual barrels, and Jigs will actually pick that one specific barrel that he likes out of all those samples. And that entire barrel is coming to his store. So it's like the the pinnacle of single barrel stuff. And uh, so we've got this for you. It's actually getting released to the public on the 23rd. Okay. So we're going to get to try it a little bit early. All right. And uh, if you want, we're actually having a launch party at the shop that we can talk about a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's let, let's talk get this about whiskey it. going. All right. So you, we got special ice. We got special ice. All That's right. what we do. So you are the Gainesville Ice Doctor. I, and I'm so excited to dive into this, but you have special ice. So, like, these are cubes that you make? Yep. So, so these, <laughs> these are cubes that we make in uh, in house. Uh, these actually all started out as uh, 300 pound blocks. Wow. And, uh, and okay. we cut them down. And um, oh, I'm going to like, let me get a little uh, Instagram action while you do this. For all of you guys that listen to the audio version of the show, you definitely got to go check out the video version sometimes because, man, we're showing the good stuff on YouTube. And uh, let me let me get a little bit here. Hold on. I'm going to have you pour it on while I Instagram it. <laughs> Ready, right. set, let's roll. Yeah. Look at that. Good stuff. There we go. Let me tag you while I do this. At Gainesville. Well, what's your Instagram handle? The Gainesville Ice Doctor. The Gainesville. All right, I mean, that's why it's not popping up. The cool man. So, sorry for all the dead space. We'll have to like clean some of that up. Maybe oh, yeah. <laughs> chop chop some of the dead space out of the show. So cool, man. Here we well, go. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, uh, oh, that is good. It drinks hot. It's uh, it's coming in at fifty five percent alcohol, so it's one hundred and ten proof. So it's a big boy, but it, it drinks nice, and and that ice is going to melt real slow in there. So it's not going to not going to water it down too fast. It'll cool it off a little bit, and and you'll be ready to go. Awesome, man. So I mean, let's let's <laughs> let's dive into your story. Uh, I mean, I want to hear like why you're the Gainesville Ice Doctor. Where did this come from, and why did you? become or are you passionate about ice <laughs> Make an ice, man. We're, we're freezing water uh, we're, we're doing a great job at it um it's a it's a pretty long story uh take us back take us back to the beginning man so i moved up to gainesville in 2000 okay uh, so did i there we go i know i saw that in one of the other episodes yeah uh, been here pretty much since uh since then uh, a couple years in alabama for grad school uh, but i wanted to go to med school so did you move here for school moved here for school right yeah. out of high school uh and then where were you uh, from Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Yeah, grew up down there. Uh, pre-med magnet program. Wanted to go to med school, microbio undergrad. Uh, took the MCAT. Was sitting uh, sitting at a, a small med school for an interview in North Central Missouri, and it was like January or February. It was 
it was cold as hell and there's nothing around. It's just flat plains covered in snow. And I was like, I'm a Florida boy. This isn't going to be for me. Absolutely. So uh, I came back to UF. I uh, was going to, was looking for something to do for a couple What'd you of major years. In? Uh, as an undergrad microbiome. Okay. Which sounds you're, you're like we're a lot on track. Of that, right? we're, we're on track, <laughs> but then we're going to get completely sidetracked. Uh, um, I was looking for something to do to kill a couple of years while I studied and took the MCATs and maybe would get a, a better interview at a school a little bit more amenable to where I wanted to be. And uh, so I decided to do a two-year master's program in history. And, uh, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So gave up on med school, decided to, uh, to follow through with the history program, did a two-year master's here, and then got a PhD from University of Alabama. And um, my wife, at the, at the time we were dating, and she was like, I'm not moving to Alabama with you unless you put a ring on this thing. So, <laughs> so I, I did, and, and she followed me to Bama for a couple of years. And as soon as we were done with coursework, uh, we left Birmingham and moved back. Uh, and I wrote my dissertation from here, and we've been here since. So a little bit of a, a, a hiatus in Alabama, but we've been in Gainesville forever. So you finished your master's? Here. Here. PhD in Alabama. Okay. Came back, and I was teaching at Santa Fe College. Okay, so what year was that when you came back? I uh, came back in 2010. Okay. Was there a reason why you wanted to come back to this area? Um, we loved Gainesville. I mean, I'd been here since 2000, and she'd Felt been like here. like home, right? It was home. That's what I always tell everybody. Yeah. I'm like, I came here in 2000. I was here for four years, and at that point, I'm like, dude, it mm-hmm. feels, feels like home. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like, so many of our friends stayed here or left like we did and came back. So everyone that we had grown up with here, was they were all still here. Everyone was putting roots down and having kids, and we just decided this is a great place to be. And uh, so we, we stayed. Uh, I was teaching at Santa Fe, and as an adjunct, the pay isn't great, but you got to start somewhere. What were you teaching? U.S. history. Uh, okay. First half, second half. Uh, by the time I was, uh, by the time I'd been there for a few years, they, they were giving me honors courses to teach. I taught an honors course in U.S. Civil War. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, taught a, an African-American history class. And um, the pay's not that great, but you got to start somewhere. And in order to make ends meet, I was moonlighting as a bar manager at a bar downtown. Uh, it is no longer around, but if any of your viewers are, are a little bit older, they, they may remember Tall Paul's. Yeah. Uh, so I was managing, I was one of the managers there at Tall Paul's and uh, just decided to start goofing around trying to make clear ice at home. So we were, we were doing some pretty good cocktails there, despite the fact that it was a beer place, like a little brewery in there. But we, we also did some really great cocktails when I was there and um, just tried to, to figure out a way to make clear ice for all the old fashions that we were selling. Yeah, but why, like, when does that actually, like, cross the mind? <laughs> you know, like, you're, you're as a bartender, I don't know if I would be like, you know what, Man, this what ice melts so fast. Let like, me, what let can me, we do? Yeah, well, how can I fix this problem? I don't know if I would have instantly like jumped to to that place, you know? So the the idea for the company was uh, was a, a, a mix between my wife's urgings and, because uh, she's the bar manager at Dragonfly, she's been there for eight years in that position. So she she's been dominating the downtown bartending scene for a really long time and they were freezing ice cubes, the big rocks that, that they're using, uh, they were using six at a time in those silicone molds and they go through 150 a night. So that every night they'd have sheet trays of them and mm. they'd have to fill them up the night before and someone would have to come in and pop them out the next day. And it was a huge labor cost for them. And, um, and they don't look good. They're, they're still going to be cloudy. They're going to be lumpy. They're not going to be like perfect cubes. So 
she was struggling with that. And we were watching this TV show. It, it was on, it was on the air for two years. Uh, it's called going deep with David Reese. Never heard of it. But. It's, it, I mean, I, <laughs> we loved it. It was a hilarious show. The premise was, um, this, he's a stand-up comedian and he would go around and he would devote an episode to the most mundane thing that you could think of. And he'd bring in the world's leading scientists on whatever that subject is. And they'd go deep on why that one subject is, is what it is. Okay. So there was an episode on like how to pet a dog. There was an episode on how to open a door and tie your shoes and stuff like that. How long are these episodes? It's a full, it's a full they're full hour? hour episodes. Like there was one. On how to open a door? On how to open a door. There's like all these like crazy tips because how many times do you approach a door and you you push it when it's a pull or you do like all kinds of, and, you're just, and, and there's things that you can do as you're approaching the door. This is great. To figure out if it's a pull or a push, whether it's a, a bar handle or, or a handle handle or look where the hinges are. Okay. Um, so he did an episode on how to make clear ice. I could not have told you that that was where you were going. Yeah, to- super, <laughs> totally weird. Um, and and the guy's hilarious. He's got a really dry sense of humor. So he's he's cutting up these scientists without them even knowing. Okay. Um, I think it was actually one of the scientists was at UF. It was it was something I forgot what episode it was, but it was the scientist who studied flies and how they eat donuts and like they eat it and then regurgitate. It was like really gross. It was, it was pretty gross. But um, so this episode kind of so, got you like so this one fascinated by ice was like what? how to make clear ice. So I was like, oh man, I got to try that. So I tried it and it kind of worked. And I was like, but this didn't really work. Um, so I just messed around with a couple of other things and uh, figured out how to actually accomplish it. And it's something that anyone can do at home if you guys want to try it at home. Um, What makes ice cloudy, actually, let's back up. The reason why you don't want cloudy ice is because all of the the cloudy stuff, they're little air bubbles. And they trap aromas and flavors from the freezer that you're freezing the ice in. And they... um, as those air bubbles that are inside the ice are exposed, it creates more surface area. And that surface area will cause the ice to melt faster water your drink down faster. Interesting. So if you have a perfectly clear, dense piece of ice, it'll melt in a really controlled way. So if you have a really great whiskey or if, you've got, if you have a cocktail that you don't want to water down, you need a solid piece of ice like this. Yeah, uh, so what's the secret? How do you get it clear? So the secret, if you're gonna try it at home, is to take a hard plastic cooler, take the lid completely off of it, and fill it with water. It doesn't have to be boiling water, it doesn't have to be purified water. Filtered water from, from a Brita pitcher is fine. It'll just it'll remove any flavors from the actual water itself. Um, because the cooler is insulated on the sides and on the bottom, this block of ice will only freeze from the top, from that open, exposed surface. So all of the air bubbles will get pushed further and further down in the cooler, and you'll have a layer at the bottom that's cloudy, and then 85% of it will be crystal clear. The ice that you make at home that's bubbly and cloudy in the middle it's because the ice freezes on all the sides at once and it makes like a hard shell, like magic shell. Okay. And all of the little air bubbles that are in that water get trapped and get pushed into the middle. So you're pretty much just telling the air bubbles where to go as it's freezing. So if you guys want to try it at home, it's messy once you're actually done. <laughs> a few days later, you'll, you'll have this cooler with a 15, 20 pound block of ice in it. You got to cut it up somehow. So uh, you can hack it up in your kitchen with a knife and you know, do it on a cutting board and, uh, and you can make clear ice at home. So we were start, I started doing that at Tall Paul's mm-hmm. and sure enough, we were getting 
60, 70 cubes that were crystal clear every week. And I'd stand in our keg freezer or in the, in the keg cooler and cut it up and, and we'd bag them and have them for the whole week. What are you using to cut it? Um, a stainless steel handsaw. Okay. When, uh, when I started doing this, there were, there were no <laughs> tools for people cutting ice. It yeah, just, it sure. didn't, it didn't really exist. So we were, it was just finding whatever you could find that kind of did the job. It just seems like a lot of work for an ice cube. It's a lot of work when you're doing it by hand. Okay. So we were doing it by hand. You know, I just go to my fridge, man. I'm just like, hit the ice maker. And Have you seen the, the, the new fridge that come, that makes clear ice? It's it like, makes clear it ice? It makes clear no, ice. I've seen one that it's, makes like the, like the whiskey balls or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I, I was at a, it was a friend of a friend's house, but like I was at his house and he, uh, like literally had this fridge. I'm like, you you bought this fridge because it makes these round whiskey yeah. balls, right? Like that's the only reason he bought it. And he's like, you know it. <laughs> it's like an eight thousand uh, dollar fridge. That's crazy. Just to just to do that, you mean you could just buy them from me. And you'd I don't be remember set. it being that clear though. They, so I don't know if that was like he maybe he got the cheap version. Maybe he's upgrade. To he's the got ten, upgrade, man. The ten thousand dollar. He's got to step it up or or call me, right? Uh, Reach out to me, man. So um, I mean, so that so that's can anybody like get ice from you? Yeah. Yeah, we've got someone at the shop. So if I just want like a, a whole bunch of square cubes like this, yeah, I can just get them. Give me a call. That's that's cool. Okay. So yeah, so let's like dive further into like when did this go from being a bartender at Tall Paul's to making ice, cutting ice in the freezer with a handsaw to <laughs> to you know what? Let's do I'm this. I'm gonna sell this as like, I'm gonna make this a company and sell this to. You know, I don't. Every, I don't even know. I don't even know who your customer is. I'm excited to dive into it. So, like, yeah. So, so tell, tell me, when, so, what was that transition? When, so when was it? The transition was. The, so this is uh, all the credit for this goes to my wife, Kristen. She was like, I am tired of popping these stupid cubes out of our molds, and they look like crap. And you at your beer bar across the street from Dragonfly have beautiful ice. So if you could find a way to do this commercially. This is so great because Hero's on the next episode. I know. I was, <laughs> I was so pumped when I saw that. I texted him and I was like, hey, I heard you're going to be on the podcast. And he's like, how'd you know? Yeah, pre- like, preview for everybody who's listening to this episode. Hero from Dragonfly will be on episode 152. So that's kind of perfect timing. Mm-hmm. So Kristen works at Dragonfly, you yeah. said, for the last eight years? Yeah, she's, she's, been, in, she's been in charge of their bar program. Okay. Uh, she helped launch the, the bar program at the one in Miami when they opened a few years ago. So, and so she was sick and tired of... Of making her own ice. <laughs> and she's like, if you find a way to do this commercially, we'll buy it. Uh, we've been active in the bar community for a while. Uh, we're, we're both members of the Jacksonville chapter of the, uh, the USBG, the United States Bartenders Guild. Okay. Uh, there, there's chapters all over the country. There's a few in Florida. There's one in Jacks, one in Tampa, Orlando, Miami. Um, so all of our friends are all bar owners and bar managers. So once they caught wind of what I was doing, they were like, hey, man, you need to send some of that over here, too. Is it cost effective for them compared to like just, you know, normal ice? I mean, or is it like because it's part of the presentation, it's part of the art, they absolutely want it? it it's a little of both. Okay. Um, if you go to a bar now and you're used to drinking whiskey uh, or old fashioned cocktails and you're used to a certain presentation where it comes on a big rock and you go to a place and it comes on eight or nine pieces of junky, already melting hotel ice. Yeah. You're gonna have to suck that thing down quick. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So it's it's now starting to become a, almost a standard feature. If your bar doesn't have some, form, even if you're freezing them on your own, it's still better than a handful of like regular ice. 
So if you're a bar and, and you're and you're not paying attention to ice at all, you're you're missing a, a huge opportunity. I mean, it's it's like serving drinks in dirty glasses or not training your staff. It's it's one ingredient in whatever you're serving, whether it's a cocktail or uh, or a really great whiskey, and that drink is only going to be as good as its weakest ingredient. So you can serve someone a, a Mac 25, a Macallan 25, on four pieces of junky ice, and it's you're not doing the it's whiskey not as service. impressive. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So clear ice. So okay, you might have already said it, but what year did you start the business? Started the business. Um, we just hit a little. We're a little over five years old now. So okay, um, 2016. 2016 we started. And, uh, and so what were your first steps? I mean, when you left the, the bar scene and just jumped head first into this or right. what? I stopped teaching because okay. I, I, I had three jobs. I was, okay. I was teacher, te- college professor, bar manager, and starting, a, starting my own business. Okay. So stopped teaching, put that on the way, way back burner. Um, and once the business got off the ground enough where I could pay myself, I'd, that was going to be the end of me working at the bar and I would just run my business. So uh, we started with a, a 1,000 square foot shop uh, up on the north end of town in the Quality Plumbing Industrial Park. Okay. Uh, re- really great guys up there. Um, l- enjoyed being a tenant there. Uh, it was a little weird because it's it's an industrial park. So there's like units. And yeah. we were on one end unit and the other end unit was uh, Bo, Bo Crevasse's cremation service. Oh gosh. So we would this get- This is like 67th place, like up that yeah. way? Yeah, yeah, Okay, but that's where our first scooter dealership was. Okay. 1901 Northwest, 67th yeah. place. Suite A, mm-hmm. and then Suite A and C, and Suite A, C, Right, TV, it just keeps WA. growing bigger. And <laughs> we had like a whole bunch of them out there. So yeah, man, okay, so that's where you started. So started there, uh, 1,000 square feet, um, we were doing everything we were doing out at room temperature. Um, so the, the ice blocks that we start out with are 300 pounds and it's ice that ice sculptors have been using for 60 years, same machine. And maybe 20, 25 years ago, someone in the bar industry realized that that ice, that clear ice is perfect for cocktails also and just started cutting it up. So, so you had to buy like a machine machine that makes these giant, huge blocks of ice. Okay, and how big is this machine? Did you have more than one of them in this 1,000 square foot space? We, start, we started with one. Okay. Uh, it makes two 300 pound blocks every four days. And uh, as we got busier, because I mean, that's really, it's not a lot of, I guess coming from where I'm at now, it's not a lot of ice. I know, I'm like thinking about this, like I'm like, man, like one machine, you know, in a thousand square foot building, you know, the product melts. Like, right. how, like what are all oh. the logistics involved it, with like getting this ice cut and delivered? <laughs> we, we were we were flying by the seat of our pants, man. We, we had no idea what we were doing at first. Okay. Just, but whatever. Did you even know how to, like, how did you know what machine to buy? Are you like contacting other ice doctors across the country or like, what are you doing? I'm just like, how do you launch this? That's what I want to know. <laughs> when I got started, there was only one other place in Florida doing it. Really? And they're based out of Miami and they've actually been like, super helpful um but there's a restaurant in st augustine called the ice plant okay um fantastic restaurant really awesome cocktail program they have all of the equipment that we have they just don't sell any of the ice to the public and they'd they'd been open for a couple years and i knew of them and i knew that they had clear ice and i was like all right if i'm doing this on a bigger scale how are you guys doing it and i was good friends with the the guy around the bar 
uh, Zach Lynch, he's, uh, he's, he's now um, working his way up the ladder with Diageo, uh, Spirits Company. Okay. Um, he was their bar manager at the time, and he was like, yeah, come on out. Come check it out. We'll, we'll pull a block, and, and I'll let you chainsaw it up, and we'll, we'll go from there. And uh, I still have all my fingers, so it was <laughs> a, a successful trip learning the equipment and, and how, to, how to kind of do everything. And uh, it's a, a chainsaw that we, we don't have any lubricant in it. We run it completely dry because um, the temperature from the ice and the snow as it's cutting it is enough to keep it lubricated and, and not overheating. And we're not introducing any kind of foreign chemicals or substances or anything like that uh, to the ice. Right. So we chainsaw it. And then from there, you just cut it up into smaller and smaller pieces until you get down to a glass. <laughs> you make it sound so easy. It's, <laughs> so I feel like it's not that it's, easy at all. It's, it's kind of, it's like deceptively easy. Like whenever we have a new employee come in, they're like, oh, that's, that's it. You just take a big piece of ice and, and make it smaller. Would you let me go over there and chainsaw some ice? Absolutely, man. Yeah? Yeah. Dude, we should like go film it. <laughs> like, me chainsawing some ice, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be, Hero did it. <laughs> yeah, he did it? Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. We've got a video of it somewhere. It was hilarious. So, I mean, you start with this one machine. Like, how many people could that serve and how... Like how frequently? Because you said it took how long for that to freeze? It takes four days to freeze. And did you just a have a block. massive freezer there too? And you're just like putting it in a freezer? We or didn't. What? E- we didn't even have a walk-in freezer. Like we were. Just, we were just setting it on a big table and cutting it up. And then what? And then we had like, like a chest. Uh, yeah. Let's go, guys. Let's go. <laughs> Get it to the restaurant. Delivery. Let's go. Uh, no, we um, we had a chest freezer that had racks on it because if you're cutting it at room temperature, every single cube is wet, and if you put it in a bag, wet with a bunch of other cubes and then put it in a freezer until you deliver it, they're all gonna freeze together again. Okay. So we had to troubleshoot this real quick right off the bat. Uh, so we just had rack space in this freezer where every cube would get individually placed on a rack until it was no longer wet, it was like kind of dried on the outside, and then you could pull it off and bag them real quick. And uh, it was a nightmare, but it's, you know, we were getting started. We were running a, on a real tight budget, and. Uh, as we grew, we added. Did you a w- bootstrap it or what? Did we what? Did you bootstrap it? It was like all your money, or were you yeah. like getting money from other no, people? No, hundred percent funded by by whatever I could find. Uh, lots of credit cards, lots of uh, kind of scraping money together, and uh, but we we made it work. Yeah. Um, it, there was a point where we we needed a little bit of money to grow, and I was at a bartending conference in New Orleans talking to one of the, the most important bar people in the country, uh, Julie Reiner. She's, uh, she owns a, a few like, kind of landmark cocktail bars in New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, gave, she was teaching a, a course on successes and failures in the bar industry. And after it was over, I went up to her, introduced myself, and I was like, I'm at a point now where I either need to bring in an investor or find a way to raise capital so I can grow. And she's like, how much do you need? And I was like, 25 grand and she's like don't sell a part of your company for 25 grand Just yeah fi- go sell blood find a way to to come up with the money yourself so you can keep the whole company and uh, and we did and it was money to buy our first delivery van it's great advice too. and um and and it just it it was such a huge thing because now the company is still 100 percent in my hands and we're growing and 
And so were you doing the deliveries yourself? You're like cutting his eyes, taking it. I mean, did you have any team members or was it just you? I had one guy at, at, at first. Uh, he was splitting time between my shop and bartending with Kristen at Dragonfly. Okay. Real, real fertile grounds to, to pick bar staff that work with your wife. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, was cutting, he was cutting grass during the summers as a, as a second job. And I was like, I'll pay you whatever you're making cutting grass. To come do this. To come chainsaw ice blocks. And he's like, you got it, man. It's probably a little bit cooler. Yeah, a little, little <laughs> bit cooler. It's probably not as hot. Uh, so he's been with me pretty much since day one. Uh, he's now since left Dragonfly, uh, works at the shop full time. He's our shop manager. So uh, couldn't I couldn't do any of the stuff that I was that I'm doing now without him. So is it just the two of you guys now, or what? No, we we got like seven guys. Seven people. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. seven full time employees. It's, it's right. out of control, man. Yeah. So what did it like? So yeah, tell me the growth phase. Like, what did the growth look like? I mean, you ended up buying more and more of these machines that make the ice. I assume, yep. or what? More machines to make the ice. Uh, we were able to shoehorn three of them in our first shop, and a small walk-in freezer. We figured out that if we can find a way to cut the ice inside of a freezer instead of cutting it at room temperature. We don't have the issue of having to put every cube on a rack and let it dry and then take them off the rack and then bag them. If you're cutting it in a freezer, you just put them right in a bag. They're, they're frozen still. Right. Uh, and the, the, the real important thing is that they stay exactly how you cut them. If you're cutting them at room temperature, by the time you cut 150 cubes, the first one that you've cut at exactly two inches is not two inches anymore. It, it's melting as you're cutting them. So we're doing everything in a freezer now, and it's miserable for my employees because it's freezing because it's free because they're in a freezer for eight hours a day but our product is is so much more consistent than ice companies that are cutting at room temperature it, it lets us control exactly what we cut um, the cubes that we've got are inch and a half and they're like dead balls accurate inch and a half cubes uh we, we can cut down to one inch cubes they look like little dice okay uh so do you have like a is there yeah i mean how many different types of ice are there i mean if it's got corners, we can cut whatever dimensions you need. Okay. Uh, like if, if people want a Collins, a Collins rock and a tall skinny glass, we cut them tall and skinny. Uh, we cut cubes, all kinds of different sizes, punch blocks that, that can go in a big punch bowl if you're serving a bunch of people like that, we do those. Uh, and then we do some round ones, uh, but those, those are a little trickier because those, those you have to cut a cube and then press it into a sphere. Right. Weird science, super weird science for that. I don't know how, how deep <laughs> so in the weeds cool you want to get on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, cool. al it's almost something you kind of need to see yeah. to happen, but metal does this weird thing with ice where it'll transfer temperature from the ice into the metal. Yeah, I've uh, seen those things where you like put the cube in it and, and it, it like It just does the thing. Yeah. yeah, so it's. And it does it pretty quickly too. It does it pretty quick as long as the metal is warm. Okay. But as the metal is absorbing that temperature, it, it loses capacity to, to continue to melt the ice. And once they get to the same temperature, then it does nothing. So, uh, so you got to heat the pr the sphere press back up. So, <laughs> do you geek out about the science of it? Or? Oh God! I feel like my my old co is Mike. Like he would totally be asking all the scientific questions. Like that was his his thing. I'm I'm the business guy. I like all the business stuff. You know, like the growth and the strategy yeah. and like what's next. Like that's what I'm, that's where I'm going with this. Is like all right. Like what's what's next? Like where where are you at now? How many, how many clients, like who's your customer? Is it, I, I know it's the bars, but yeah. it sounds like, it sounds like any mm -hmm. uh, other guy like myself, I can just hit you up and go in there and get my own, you know, yeah. blocks for my own refrigerator. It mm -hmm. sounds like, right? Like, I mean, who, how many other customers are there? Is that it? So we are currently servicing 90, 95 accounts all over Florida. 
uh, Tampa, St. Pete, Orlando, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Gainesville, and we've actually started to push north into into Georgia a little bit. Okay, so are you like is all the ice being made here yep. and then distributed to those places? Yep, with our our one van has like 160,000 miles on it after like three years. Okay, so we're we're driving a lot. And it's just got freezers in there, and it's not melting or no, what? No, no freezers. It's it's. I'm sure at some point we'll get freezer trucks when we're, when we're real big time. Uh, but it, it seems like it's one more thing that could break. And then we'd have like all of this right. product in there and then the, the refrigeration system craps out. What happens if the car breaks down on the side of the road on your way to Georgia? I mean, all the ice melts and yeah. you have to replace it? It would suck. It would totally <laughs> suck. It's, I mean, it's... Start, a, that's like startup uh, adventures right there. Yeah, man. You need uh, a vlog. We, I, feel like you, I feel like you having a YouTube series based on that that right there. Man, we I got a flat tire one time driving to Orlando and it was just like a nightmare. I was like, like, I was like how, how fast, fast can I change? Change his tire. It's like a, a NASCAR pit crew of one. Uh, that's uh, awesome. But no. So what we do is we actually take um, we take the coolers that we move the ice around in, and we put those in our walk-in freezer overnight. So the air inside the cooler is really cold, and then you just put the ice in there. And as long as it's fully packed, the ice just sits. Okay. So our deep freezer, where we have all our finished product, we keep it ten below zero. Ice starts melting at thirty-two. So we've got a 42 degree window where that ice can warm up and it's not going to start melting. Gotcha. So we get maybe eight, nine, 10 hours on the road. And as long as we don't have a car breakdown, we're good. <laughs> so what's been the, like, what's been a, a nightmare story as there, I mean, besides the tire, has there been anything where you're like, uh, rain, rain, rain in Florida in the summer at four o'clock every day is, warm is brutal. And steamy. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we've, the, the coolers don't seal like seal seal. So we're, we're lugging coolers of ice around trying to, trying to get inside of restaurants and going from the van into the restaurant. If it's raining is, uh, is not fun. Yeah, so talk, tell me a little bit about the, like, I mean, I guess the cost versus profit. I mean, you don't have to give us like specific specifics. Uh, but like, I mean, obviously it's water right. <laughs> that you're freezing. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of labor involved. Right? Labor, so like, labor's our biggest cost. So, yeah. Okay. So what? Like, where's? How did you determine your pricing? How? You know, what? Is, if I wanted to get, I mean, how do you sell this? If I wanted to buy cubes for myself, am I buying a bag of them? Yep. Am I? Okay. What so, does that look like? So they come in packs of twenty five. Okay. Uh, and and they're all. It's a flat pack, five by five. So they store in your freezer really easily. And for our our on premise accounts they have a walk-in freeze or something like that, we just stack them up in there uh, instead of it just being kind of loose, jumbled cubes thrown in a bag. Uh, the cost so, probably depends on if they're like regulars and buying it all the time. Like if I just wanted to yeah. buy a bag of 25, 25 and I'm just cubes. some guy off the street, like how much is that gonna cost me? 15 bucks, they're 60 cents a cube. Okay. So not, the the, the kind of decision to price them there uh, is really to allow our, our bar accounts wiggle room to adjust that into the cost of their cocktails. Sure where they can still make a profit on them. So if we're charging them 60 cents a piece, they can bump the price of their, the old fashioned that they were selling. If it was a $10 old fashioned, make it an $11 old fashioned on your menu. And they're now profiting 40 cents every time they use one of our cubes. Yeah. And they're getting a better product they can make on their own. And if they were making them on their own, they're gonna save on labor. And the drinks taste better. And the guest gets a better experience. So. Honestly, like nobody's ever gonna blink at it, right? I mean, from like when I go to a bar, 
like that's what I'm going for to begin with because if I could made it at home, it'd be a hell of a lot cheaper. Right. Right. So if I'm going to the bar, I'm going for the experience and the, you know, talking with the bartender and yeah. on a date night, you know, that, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And um, I mean, so, like we, we started at 40 cents per cube when we, when we initially opened and the accounts that got on board when we first opened are still paying 40 cents a cube. They're kind of locked in at, at that price level and, uh, there aren't too many of them, so it's good. Uh, we're at 60 cents now, and whenever I fire off an invoice to, at, at 40 cents a cube, I'm like, man, that could be so much more money. <laughs> but um, it, it's a, a huge labor cost on our end, it's, you know, having seven full-time guys that are working 40 hours a week, and we're starting to... So we're, seven full-time guys. Seven full-time guys. We're, we're starting to dip our toes into, into some benefits for them and, and things like that. It's things that I never would have thought were a thing. Yeah. And now, now it's a thing. Um, Does that just blow your mind? Yeah. As like, you know, you started this day, this little idea, the push from the wife, like, honey, go do this. Go, go and do now it. you're like, babe, we got seven full-time people we got to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like two of my employees have kids. So oh, it, like, if I screw up or like when COVID happened and we had to shut down, I was like, they got kids, man. And I'm res- like, I feel responsible for taking care of them as my employees. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Was there a huge impact to you guys? Because, I mean, restaurants and stuff shut everything, down. Everything, everything shut down. Everything so shut did down. did you lose a whole bunch of customers or just get paused for a little bit? Like, what was... We I mean, were, there was a lot of bars around here. It was like cocktails to go. Yeah. <laughs> you sell like ice to go with the cocktails or what? Call Dragonfly. They, get, they have, We sell them six packs of our cubes in uh, like a, a foil-lined pouch that's got a little bit of temperature protection okay. uh, that you can buy with their to-go cocktails. Still, they're still doing it. Cool. Uh, every once in a while, Kristen will be like, hey, I need like six more six packs. And I'm like, <laughs> really, we're still doing those? But uh, now she, it, it, it's, it was almost like a, a blessing in disguise with, with the whole COVID stuff. Everyone survived. Yeah. All my guys are, are doing fine. They all came back. Um, we got a bunch of PPP money, so we were able to make it through. I had a great landlord that was flexible on, on rent at our new place. Yeah. So where's your new place at? Uh, new places. It's such a better location. Not to, not to say that the old location was bad, but it was in the middle of nowhere. Right. Uh, new locations on 10th Ave. It's right across from Cypress and Grove. We're in the oh, same. Oh, dude, you're super yeah. close to us. I know. Oh, we're going to be like best friends, Walk man. Up, we can like hang out all over. the time. You're like right there. I, I usually have desk whiskey. It's all good, man. That's legit. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're in the same, uh, same parking lot as the afternoon. Okay, yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. That's yeah. a great area, too. It's it's developing. There's all kinds of cool stuff going in there. Uh, Shout out to Greg Stetz. Greg Stetz. Doing a bunch of good stuff over there. Yes, sir. Landlord Greg. Cool. That's awesome, man. But, so, um, yeah. so, like, where's your mind at now? With, I mean, now you got seven full-time team members. Like, what do you even think about the growth strategy? It, are you still, like, in the business cutting the ice every day? Or are you, like, more focused on the big picture items now? Um, I'm transitioning more into not being in the freezer or behind the wheel of the van as much. Uh, I went from driving four to five days a week to two, which is great. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, and I'm in the freezer maybe one day a week, and then the rest of my time is just at the shop doing all of the the business end of things, and then whatever the guys need help with, if they if they need any kind of support with anything, I'm there. You know, if it's a, a huge day and we've got a, a, a giant order to meet, I'll, I'll jump in there and cut with them, and uh, it's fun dusting off the the ski pants every once in a while. Getting in there. <laughs> is that a, you guys got ski pants? Yeah, man. You probably get it at a great discount in this 20, area. Twenty-eight degrees for eight hours a day. It's ski pants on, ski, pants, ski jacket, jacket hat. hoodie. Yep. 
cut and cut nice in there. So yeah, so why don't you like? I would be very interested to know what your routine is. Like, what time are you waking up? And like, walk walk me through your day. Andrew. A day. Uh, yeah. I'm. My dog wakes me up at like seven thirty because he's he's a fat ass. Is <laughs> uh, it? He's a sixty five pound English bulldog, and uh, when it's time for him to eat, he'll he'll, he'll wake me up. Know. He'll let okay. me know. Get up, walk him, feed him, get to the shop maybe by nine. Okay. Uh, two of my guys are already there, the, the two that have kids, because they drop their kids off at school and then just go straight into work. Okay. So uh, I got guys there, they're already working, and um, if there's any deliveries going out that day, make sure the invoices are prepped, make sure the delivery gets packed up and loaded the right way, and once that goes off, uh, I'll, I'll stick around for a couple more hours, making sure the, the guys have everything they need, Try not to get in their way too much, because it's it's like a, a, a fine line to walk between, you know, like not being there enough, and then they're like, "Where the hell is he?" Like <laughs> we've got like an absentee boss who's like on a on a boat or something somewhere in the Caribbean, <laughs> drinking your own <laughs> cocktails, drinking, drinking <laughs> your own ice, drinking on my own ice, uh, or being like on them all the time. So I, I try not to to do both either of those. Uh, so I'm around if they need me. And um, and then I'm I'm heading home. Okay. What time do you usually head home? I always tell myself when I get to work, I'm going to try to get out early today, maybe by like two, and it yeah. always ends up being like five thirty. Okay. It's it's the life of a business owner. There's always something that kind of ties you up, or something that you you were planning on doing the day before and you didn't get to, and then just things pile up. Yeah. So. So, like, I know I said, was kind of poking at, like, the growth strategy. I yeah. mean, it sounds like you're already all over the state. You say you're heading into Georgia. Like, how are you making those decisions? Where you, I mean, is it people that are finding you and they're reaching out and you're like, yeah, sure, we can go to Tallahassee? I mean, like, what's, is there a strategy or is it just completely organic? It, it's been really organic. Um, the network of friends that we started out with were, they're all, like, really important bars in all the markets that we service. And other bar owners would go to their places, like uh, like Grape and Grain Exchange in Jacksonville and all the sidecar locations, Oddbirds in St. Augustine. Uh, all of these places are are kind of the, the central point of cocktails in their markets. So when they, they brought us on board, all the other bars around were like, oh man, they stepped up their game. How do we get a hold of this? So it's, it's been completely organic. Right now we're actually waitlisting people uh, we, we, there's no more room on the Jacksonville route. We're, Does that drive you crazy? It, it sucks, man. Like I would love to, to get to all these counts, but we, we don't have room in the van and I, what do you need? Another van? You need me to buy you another van? Let's do it, baby. <laughs> uh, it's, but then that would also come with having another driver. Yeah. And if we, if we split a, the Jacksonville route over two days, then it went from one really good day to two average days worth of sales, and now I'm paying twice as much labor for a driver. Does it ever make sense at some point to have like a Jacksonville location, even if you had to start with a thousand square foot space again and grow it from there? Like, do you we're, think about these things? Like, we're we're gonna we're probably gonna get there pretty soon. Yeah. The the next like really big investment for the company is is either gonna be to buy property here and build our shop like from the ground up. Okay. Or to stay where we're at and open a shop somewhere around the I-4 corridor. Because uh, we do a, a ton of business in Orlando and Tampa, and all the resorts that we deal with in Orlando and the theme park area stuff, 
their orders are huge. Mm. So it fills the van pretty quick and we're we're down there three times a week sometimes. So if we if we put a shop down there that can just run up and down I four and then the shop here can take care of Gainesville, Jackson, Augustine, Georgia, Tallahassee, then it'd, it'd probably make life a little bit easier for us. Yeah. Man, I, my my brain my brain starts to go on fire just like <laughs> thinking like all this you know I hear like those yeah. resorts and stuff and I'm like oh man like <laughs> being able to like cash in more on that and being able to just I don't know dive deeper set up location like my as an entrepreneur my brain starts lighting on fire because I can completely empathize with and think about like not having enough help not enough resources not enough to be able to like go 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 and be able to take care of all those clients it's. It's it's hard. And I mean, there's some accounts that are like they're they're sister bars of accounts that we're currently serving. And they're like, hey, can we also get on board? I'm like, like, uh, I I got an email today from uh, the Grand Bohemian Hotel in Celebrations right near Disney. Yeah. And um, we we're currently servicing their their hotel in downtown Orlando. They're like, hey, man, we would love to get on board. And I was like. I don't know, man. Like, this is going to be pretty tight. Does that ever make you want to increase your price? I mean, supply and demand, demand is higher. Does it make sense to, like, increase the price a little bit? Or are you just kind of like, eh? We'd we'd probably lose some accounts. Okay. Um, But would you gain... Is it? It's a loyalty thing. It, it's it's a loyalty thing. It's like a like coming from the bar industry, knowing what like what their side of it is going to be. Yeah, like ha- having like us being aware of what their costs are. If you think about it, um, like a regular old fashioned at a bar, like um, like if you go to Dragonfly, they're they're well whiskeys, Buffalo Trace. The cost per pour of the actual Buffalo Trace is probably cheaper than what they're paying for the ice. Mm-hmm. So it's, if I start bumping the price up on that, then at some, some point their accounting person is gonna ask why you're paying 80 <laughs> cents for a piece of frozen water. You don't wanna get the reputation of being, oh, the fancy ice the fancy, boy, yeah. <laughs> coming through with your fancy eyes. Right? Uh, yeah, man, that's, that's super interesting, you know, cause it almost, I don't know, kinda goes against the whole supply and demand aspect of things, you know? And, and like, logically it makes sense, but then you're like, ah, it really, it really doesn't. And I totally get the loyalty side of it. It's like, man, these are the people who like, yeah, bought like, into us from the beginning. From the we beginning. wanna make sure that we take care of them. Yeah, it's gonna be super interesting, man. I'm like psyched to see like, you gotta how, come by the shop. Develop. I would love to. You gotta come by the shop, man. It's. I would love to. We went from, uh, from 1,000 square feet to four. So okay. we were 4,000 square feet. So how many of those machines do you have? We got eight of them now. Eight machines. But we had to buy two of them in the last like month, Dang. just because things have been have been blowing up. Once the weather started getting nice and people started getting shots in their arms, they're cooped up for over a year. Everyone, everybody's getting out now. Everyone's getting out. Everyone's restaurants going to party. Are full. Uh-huh. I mean, I've been to some restaurants where I'm like, what COVID? Yeah, like it's, it's at capacity, which feels good. I'm glad things are getting back to normal. Yeah, yeah. We um, we really started to see things increase um, like October, November. The numbers started getting better. Uh, we were able, we had all of our guys back at that point. Um, the last like three or four months have been the best months we've ever had as a company. So awesome! It, it's been it's been huge. And because when everything shut down with COVID, we we obviously couldn't sell ice to bars and restaurants anymore. They weren't doing anything. Right. 
So we started selling, we started making residential deliveries. Yeah. So to all the, the out-of-town markets that we hit, Tampa, St. Pete, Orlando, Jackson, St. Augustine, once a month, we'll hit each of those markets. And I've got a roster of like, like four or 500 people in each city that have bought ice from us before. Once a month, they'll buy a couple packs of ice, throw it in the freezer. They got it for if they're having parties or if they Are just drink whiskey Are you delivering to their residential right place? Right to their door. Dude, that's where, I mean, that, that's where I think things could get like, Pricey, <laughs> I you know it's, I could have snuck the price up a yeah. little bit from what we sell to. Is our there a delivery stores. charge? No delivery no, charge. Like you're paying the same. The you're paying the same prices as I charge all of uh, all, all the bars and restaurants. It's they're they're nice round numbers. A pack of cubes is fifteen bucks. Yeah, uh, a pack of spheres because it's twice as much labor is twenty five bucks for twenty five of them. Well, and what's interesting about that to me is that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong but I don't even think you've begun to market that no. as a service. I mean, I came across you simply through Instagram and I was like, dude, this is inter- <laughs> like this is interesting stuff right here. Let me hit this guy up. And uh, and I was like looking at all the Instagram photos. I'm like, man, what an interesting business. I'd never heard of anything like this before. And so that's the thing for all of you guys that are listening, hey, like, so many of the guests are the guests that catch my attention. I'm like, man, this is super interesting stuff. Let me invite them on the show. And that's how this happened. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking to myself, man, I would have ice cubes like this in my yeah. freezer all the time. And the truth is, like, I didn't even know you existed. Yeah. Because you're, you're not even, like, actually, like, trying to push we, that as a service right now. Yeah, we But, can, man, we wait can't. until the day you are, right? right? Like, dang. There's so much growth opportunity here. There, there, there really is. It's, it's just a... Uh, a logistics issue um, and, and, a, and a staffing issue, having enough space for more employees to be in a freezer cutting more ice. Uh, can't cut it fast enough. We, we can't cut it fast enough. We, like, we, we've got... <laughs> well, these are great problems to have, the, by the way. They really are, until they become actual problems to have. Like when, when we don't have enough guys and we added a few accounts when COVID was starting to kind of fall away a little bit. And we're like, all right, cool. Like businesses are opening up. Let's, let's go out and and get some new accounts. And now we've got all those new places. All of our old places are back. Everyone's ordering more than they were before. So we're, we've had a couple of of really busy weeks of of playing catch up and my guys were, were awesome. And and some of them worked six days a week and and gave up some time, some time off. And is there, has there ever been a time where you've actually just sat there and just watched and waited for the ice to freeze because you need it so much. <laughs> You're like, please freeze. Can we go faster? faster. Can, we do, can we do this faster? <laughs> I mean, I'm like blowing on the machine, like, go, go, uh, cool down. Um, like, I need, I need this ice so bad. Please freeze faster. <laughs> it, there, there's so many things that can go wrong with this, with this whole process. Uh, we our our deep freezer that we keep all of our product in. We have like, like six, $7,000 of product in there. Uh, deep freezer crapped out on Wednesday of last week. Oh man. So, uh, I've, I've got great refrigeration guys. Um, they're, they're awesome. I call them and they're, they're there and they actually had the problem fixed within like an hour and a half. So the temperature went from 10 below up to like 26 and we, we pulled all the product out. We, we've got giant chest freezers that are always on and empty in case something like this happens. We can, we can pull stuff out and throw them in there. And, um, did you, 
does your anxiety level, your heart start racing it, or? It was full scramble mode. Everyone <laughs> everyone stopped actual production. Like no one was cutting ice anymore. Like everyone, it was like the, the fireman drill like where you're just like passing buckets of water, but it yeah. was just packs of ice. Did you ever think there would be a day in your life where you were sweating over ice melting? <laughs> like I was still wearing my ski pants. I was actually in the freezer that day. So I was, I was fully geared up, but I wasn't in the freezer anymore. I was running around my shop. It's 90 degrees in there. In full in full snow gear, and literally, I'm just sweating. Man, but uh, but we said all the product was good. Saved all the product. Uh, freezer got fixed. Uh, Browning Heating and Air is awesome. They're they're such good guys. That's uh, cool. We we get we get Mr. Mark Browning coming out whenever I have a problem. So it's awesome. He, he's there like once a week. That's cool, man. So I mean. Do you always see this being Gainesville based? Like, do you think there's gonna be a time where you're gonna have to like leave Gainesville? Because I mean, it seems like, I don't know. It just seems like there's gonna be a lot of growth opportunity here for you. And it's is a, this gonna be home base? It's a sneaky good location, man. It's two hours to Everything. everywhere. Yeah, that's what, kind so of what I was thinking. If um, it, it definitely works for now. Uh, we're, we're already getting pretty close to outgrowing the new shop. Dang, there's um, there, there, there's not enough electrical panel for for what we need. <laughs> so we're either we're and I don't I, I love Greg, but I don't know if I want to start investing in his building. Right. So uh, so if if we can if we figure can that figure that out, then we'd stay. And uh, but if we open a shop in Orlando or somewhere between Orlando and Tampa, that would probably be ideal because then we could stay at the shop here. And we wouldn't need to grow physically as much here because we would have the shop down there. Where's the most demand at right now? Is it Orlando with the resorts and stuff? Or? Yeah, Orlando's huge. Yeah. Orlando's huge. We actually have it, we have it split up between East Orlando and West Orlando based on where the turnpike is. So um, West Orlando is all the theme park stuff, Sand Lake Road, uh, things like that. And then East Orlando is downtown, Baldwin Park, Winter Park, and then we go up through Sanford and DeLand and then come back. Okay. So... I mean, how are you deciding which, uh, I mean, do you go to Jacksonville one day and you go down that direction one yeah. day? It's kind of, yeah. depends uh, on day and they expect it at the same time each week? What's Yeah, all the out-of-town deliveries are, uh, are every two weeks. Okay. Except for the theme parks. They're, every Friday is, is Disney stuff. Um, so week A, we're in Tampa on Tuesday, East Orlando on Thursday, Disney Friday. And then week B is Jackson, St. Augustine on Tuesday, Amelia Island in Southern Georgia on Thursday. Okay. And then Disney again on Friday. And then we do it all over again. We got dry race boards everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Like, that's what I'm like, how organized and, are you? Oh I feel God. like I'm a terrible, like, I, I always tell everybody, I'm like, I need an assistant, somebody who really knows, like, the organization aspect of everything that I do. Because, I, man, I cannot. I geek out on that stuff, man. I Like, Excel spreadsheets. And that's your thing, huh? That's my thing. Like, dry race boards and Excel spreadsheets like, everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere, man. Okay, so if that's is that so that's a strength. Yeah, it 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 helps keep everything kind of organized. Okay. Uh, like we have a, a small dry erase board with all of our account names for that particular delivery route. All right. And then on the outside of the walk-in freezer, because it's metal, we we just stick them on there with magnets, and then we just slide them down. So whichever one's on the end is that's the most like the the delivery that's upcoming. And then once that one's gone, we put it on the back of the line and just slide everything over. All right, so what would you say is your weakness as a leader? Those are your strengths, and I'm sure you have other strengths, but is, what, what are you not good at? 
sometimes I sometimes I don't communicate as well as I I think I am. Man, that's such a hard one to learn. It's it's just I, I expect things to be done a certain way, and if my guys are doing things a different way, even if it's if it's good, I'll still go in there and be like, "What are you guys doing? That's that's not how we're doing it." And they're like, "But it's working." I'm like, "Yeah, no." And they're like, "But it's working." I'm like, "No." Communicating expectations. That that is it, that's definitely tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so so what's next, man? Where like I mean, what's your focus for 2021? We um, we've got two new employees, so getting them settled in, probably another month or so of that, and then really figuring out what the next big investment's going to be. Uh, I had a meeting with our business bankers a couple weeks ago, and they gave me goals to shoot for before I could actually go in there and start talking about buying land and, and stuff like that. So okay. uh, if, we, if I can time that up right with when my lease ends, and so, so that'll, that'll be the, the next big project. Uh, we, it sounds crazy to say that I don't want to really grow a whole lot right now because the numbers are good, everyone's happy, all, yep. the, all the guys are getting raises. We got football tickets for the first time ever this year. Okay. So super pumped about that. And uh, so if we can just kind of stay where we're at for a little while and sock some money away in the bank and, and keep our, our current customers happy, then we can, we can think about what a, a, a larger move would be instead of scrambling and, and doing things like real Is that small. even a desire, like a major move? Or do you like just letting it go organically? I mean, we, we don't advertise, it's like, all, all of the accounts that we've, that we've picked up have, have all been just completely organic, word of mouth, and um, it's the, the first day that I got my business cards, like five and a half years ago, I went out and did some cold calls around town, hated it, oh my God. Yeah, it's the worst. It was, it was so <laughs> weird, and, and I'm good friends with a lot of liquor reps, and they were giving me pointers on how to walk into a place and, and the, the whole process, and I was like, I don't know how you guys do this. This is this is hard stuff, and uh, like the the manager who I needed to talk to was was never there, or they had no idea what like why are you trying to sell me ice? Yeah, like then if they no one knew, so yeah. um, let it come to you. Yeah, just so, keep doing a kick ass job, and the business will come to you. It sounds like you're on to an amazing thing. Sounds, I mean, it's super interesting. I could keep going. <laughs> I could dive down so many routes, and uh, I'm going to be fascinated to watch how this develops over the next, you know, five years. I mean, you're six years in already. Yeah, man, it'll be super interesting to see what the next five holds for you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. It's it's going to be. It's been a wild ride so far. I, mean, I tell people, hey, we just we freeze ice. <laughs> like that's all what, we do. Like what, we're, we're just what do you do water. for a living? Freezing water. Freeze like, water. Freeze water. It's it's cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, why don't you tell our audience where they can connect with you? Like, where, where if somebody was listening and they wanted to buy their own bar ice, like, how would they do so? Uh, you can reach out to us uh, either on Facebook or uh, or everything kind of works off of the Gainesville Ice Doctor. So that's our Instagram handle, uh, Facebook. You can find us there as well. Uh, if you want to email us, it's the Gainesville Ice Doctor at gmail dot com. Uh, if you go to the website, my phone number's on there. If you need to get a hold of me for anything. Uh, swing by the shop. We're, we're open uh, if, if anyone wants to come by and, and check the place out. And uh, That piece of ice lasted the entire episode. The entire episode. Props to you, my friend. Thank you, thank you. That's, that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the point, goal. man, right? That's the goal. Um, 
One thing that I like to ask everybody, if our show could, con- could connect you to one person, who would that be? Is there anybody out there in the world that you're like, man, if I man. could just so, meet this person? As, as like a diehard Gator, I've been here forever. Um, we actually, we were selling ice to, uh, to Dope Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee for a couple of seasons. Okay. And they, they had just opened up this like little pop-up whiskey bar in like their, their like VIP booster area. And they started losing like every football game ever. And I don't know if they blamed me. Like they, like we delivered ice there and it was like, they, they were like, oh, here comes that gator again, oh, like no. dropping off ice. But uh, we, we, were, we were doing stuff there and it was awesome just knowing that like we were like in the, the, the football stadium. So I know that we're starting to do some some alcoholic beverages at, at, at Ben Hill Griffin now, so. So getting up in there, getting that, connected. That'd, that'd be cool, man. To the bars up yeah, there. That'd be, that'd be really cool. The Gator Booster stuff. That'd be cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I'm gonna be looking forward to seeing what happens with your business. I'm definitely coming over there to yeah, man. chainsaw some what? ice. Uh. <laughs> bring, bring a sweater. Like, let's go. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Absolutely. Thanks man. for the birthday gift. Yeah. Happy birthday. Cheers. Cheers. You want another little bump in there? Or are you oh, good? Of course. Yeah, I'm going to have to get another one. So, and thank you, everybody, so much for listening to our show. Um, thank you to Jason and Moss from Short Media Group for coming through and helping out tonight. Appreciate you guys. Podcast fam, if you were driving and didn't have a chance to uh, write down all the information from the sponsors I was mentioning earlier, please just go to whoagnb.com slash sponsors. We have all of their links to their websites right there. You can get connected to the people that make this show happen. And uh, we're super grateful for all of those sponsors. And special love this episode to our friends at The Best Restoration. You guys, you need to have friends on your side when disasters happen. And no, I'm not talking about the entire year of 2020 and you know the beginning of 2021. <laughs> but uh, when that toilet overflows or when that pipe bursts in the wall, or if you're like us and you move into a business full of mold, uh, you definitely have to have the best restoration come through and help you out. We can speak firsthand to the quality of the of the work that these guys put out. They've helped me multiple times, you guys. They have helped us send new scooters for less with all of the stuff that's been going on over here. With their certified techs and state-of-the-art equipment, these guys are the masters of disaster. Give them a call at 352-505-3321 or visit them at thebestrestoration.com. And when you do, be sure to say, I heard you on the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, whoa. We will see you later. Bye.